keep on moving. You almost pulled the chair off. You guys are out there playing, aren't you? (laughs) Sweet Jesus, please be with us. Well, good morning. We have went through a series, just finished uh, the last discipline, but we went through a series called Rooted. Back in April, uh, the elders here went away. We went up to Yahats with a plan of going, where where do we want to be as a church? Where is God leading us as a church? You know, what should we be doing? And thinking as we went that, you know, there's all these things that we should be doing. This is what we're going to do. And at least in my mind, I thought there was going to be this big plan coming back. And as we sat and we prayed together, we read the Bible together, um, we, we had been talking about, you know, what is church supposed to look like? And basically, you know, with this idea that if we had the Bible on a deserted island and we went to a deserted island and you just read the Bible and that's all you knew, you didn't know church as it is today, what would we get? And as we kind of processed through some of that and thought through some of that and read scripture, we kept coming back to this idea that we, that we need to love one another, that we need to care for one another. And as we processed through that and thought about it, it's like we need kind of basically what it says on our wall, we need to love God and we need to love people. But how do you do that? How, how, how does that play out for a church? And so we thought for ourselves, you're like, we need to get, we need to seek God. We need to seek Him and figure out and be in deeper relationship because most of the time, with you know, God for a lot of people is Sunday or maybe a Bible study. It was like, you know, if you're going to be in deep relationship with anybody, you got to spend time. Um, and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And so this idea, we kept started thinking about, we need to pursue God, that we need to seek him. And there's all kinds of scriptures that talk about that type of stuff. And so as we looked at um, coming into the summer, we said, you know, we, we got to get, as a church, and as elders, we need to be right. <laughs> and as a church, we need to be right. We want, and so we thought about going through the disciplines and thought about all the different disciplines that the scripture talks about and prayer and, and reading the Bible and meditating on the Bible and meditation and solitude and Sabbath. There's a bunch of, of them that, and so as we looked at the summer, we kind of planned out, let's look at these disciplines um, and focus in on those and see, what, see where it takes us. Jesus, in the beginning of his ministry, as he's preparing for that, he was tempted by Satan. And, and we see throughout uh, the Gospels, Jesus spending time alone with God. Uh, but as he was preparing for that public ministry, it says this in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. It says, He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. So we see this picture of Jesus doing what Jesus was used to doing. He'd done so since he was a child, come uh, to hear the scriptures read. But today he is doing the reading. And this is what he read out of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's saying, with, with God's help, what I'm going to be about is, is setting captives free. I'm going to be bringing this message of hope to the poor and to the oppressed, to the people that are most uh, open to hearing it. And, and we recognize this as all of us, that this encompasses 
us all, that we are all poor when we are outside of a relationship with Jesus, that we are all captives uh, to sin and, and to the world when we do not have him as Savior. And so he's speaking to us. In verse 20, it says, he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And so the people, in this moment anyway, are, are enthralled by what he said until it hits them what he's talking about. And I'm not going to give this away, but you should go home and read the rest of chapter 4 here because it gets pretty interesting. Um, but Jesus is saying, this is what I want to be about. I want to be about bringing hope to the hopeless. And so as we look at, at this and what we're to be about, I wonder what we see in ourselves. You know, Isaiah actually continues... Uh, that thought that Jesus read the first two verses, but here's the third one. As Isaiah is talking about the poor, the oppressed, the blind, this is how he then describes them. He says, I want to grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so this thought is we are all rooted in God as we continue to seek him through these spiritual disciplines that although once we were poor and afflicted and oppressed and captives, that we would be called oaks of righteousness. Not because of anything we did. It was the Lord's work so that he may be glorified. And that's the picture of the church that we are wanting to focus on. And, and this morning, uh, we want to share with you, share with you some of our uh, struggles through this series and, and adopting new disciplines and trying them out and, and see where we've been pruned or where we've had some wins. And uh, so I'll just open it up to whoever would like to start and share. Well, Throughout the summer, the last few months that we were in this uh, rooted series and talking about spiritual disciplines, there were some of those spiritual disciplines that we discussed that I have practiced regularly throughout my life, and there are some that I have not. Uh, one of them in particular, uh, kind of Bible study or Bible reading, those are kind of two separate things, intimately related, but actually not just just reading, but actually getting in deep in study was something that I have done in the past and that I worked on uh, this summer also. Uh, there is a passage in Proverbs uh, 25.11, and it says this. It says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And I, I've read that scripture before, and I thought about, in essence, having the right words at the right time. Uh, with things. And what I experienced this summer in my Bible study and reading was not only me possibly having the right word at the right time for myself, for my wife, for somebody that I'm interacting with, for us as a group of elders on Tuesday morning when we're seeking God about something, finding answers that come from his word. Uh, but even beyond that, it was uh, his word, that his Bible that I was reading, that was the word that was uh, like an apple of gold in a setting of silver for me. It was, it was perfect at the right time over and over again. I did uh, 
I get a daily scripture that comes on my phone, and I get a, I have a reading plan through the Bible in a year, just under a year, that's on my phone. Uh, it's great until your phone doesn't work, uh, but then you can, <laughs> you can always shift gears. But that, I don't know how many times that daily scripture or where I was reading was perfect for what I was going to experience that day or later that week or the week before. I could recall that to mind. That was a major success. Uh, Bible through the year, just to let you in on it, to peek behind the curtain, I'm way behind on that. It's not going to happen this year as far as me getting through. I think the plan was in about 11 months you're through it. Well, that's kind of ship has sailed with things. But the other underlying theme that throughout all the spiritual disciplines that God's been working on me, and I'm sure it's similar to the rest up here, is this attitude of the heart that he's been dealing with. I can be a very much a doer or a pull me up by my bootstraps. I'm going to do this sort of thing. And God working on me about, you know what, I'm not so, I want quantity. It's good to spend time in the word. I'm not trying to belittle that. But I want your heart and I want some quality, rather a verse than a book of the Bible, if you would simply actually read it, learn from it, and then do it in your life. And so that's, that's something that throughout, across the board on all the spiritual disciplines, he's really taught me this summer. What would seem to be a failure, possibly, and I'm X amount of chapters behind in getting through the Bible in a year, God saying, take a deep breath. Let's look at your heart, where you're at with this. I, I'm, I'm more interested in your heart and I, I want this discipline in your life to affect your heart, not to just affect your actions. So that's, that's one thing in uh, scripture reading and scripture study that has been uh, really prevalent to me over the last few months. One of the things I found out in trying to do some of these things was how easily distracted I am. Uh, like Brian and I get a, a daily thing on my phone, a verse that I really enjoy, and it's so often just appropriate. But then I was trying to do meditation, something I hadn't really ever done because I had always thought of meditation more like the Eastern. But it's not. It's like meditating on God's word and filling your heart with, with what God has for you. But I would look at my verse, and that would be great, and I'd start out, and then pretty soon my phone would go bing. So I had to learn to turn the phone off. And I found the best method for me to do this meditation was to go out into my backyard where behind, there's no house behind me, so I look out at the dunes and the trees, and I can see all the things that God has created. And, and that just helps me to meditate on him. Uh, but I often get distracted when that squirrel runs across or something like that. But nevertheless, I have grown, even though I failed in many times. Another thing I tried to work on was fasting. I said, we, we, the elder said, let's fast for 10 days, a 10-day period. Let's try to have a fast in there. 
and pray for the sale of the property. I said, well, I can't fast. I take medication that I have to take with food three times a day. How can I fast? And my wife pointed out to me that we always have something after dinner. We have a snack sometime a couple hours later between the time we go to bed. She says, how about if you just give that up and we pray during that time? That turned out to be pretty easy. If you, if you say so. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, but I'm back to the snack now. Okay. <laughs> I, I think sometimes when we, th we talk about prayer, you know, we, we prayed that the property would be sold, and then it fell out of escrow. <laughs> and so we're like, so the fast was no good. It didn't work. <laughs> we, we think that way. Um, but God's timing is always his timing. And so we're, we're supposed to follow and do what he asks us to do, and he'll do what he does in his time. And, and we, just so you know, uh, we accepted an offer on the property this last, when did we do that, Friday? Someday. Sometime last week. <laughs> and so we'll see how it goes. It's 91 days in escrow, and then we'll, we'll let you know. But we've been here before, right? But we'll just keep praying. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I was... Actually, we just all fast for the next 91 days. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll let you know what happens on December 1st. <laughs> That's the Thanksgiving right. and everything. Uh, looking at all the different um, disciplines, the one that uh, that I was like, you know what, I need to figure out how to be quiet, just with solitude. And so my wife and I, a lot of times, we'll get up in the morning and we'll read the Bible together, we'll pray together. But it's just, it's us, and I'm not. I don't ever have time by myself. And so I was like, all right, we're, I'm going to just spend 15 minutes every morning. And that was my goal. And just so you know, as I started it, I, I, I had uh, you know, my Bible was on my phone. And so I'd have my phone close to me. And then I would put it away. And then I would just sit there and think about God and try to be quiet, just to have peace and quiet for a while. And, and I, the first two days, this happened to me, I'm, gonna, I'm just telling you the inside, <laughs> is that after five minutes, I picked up my phone, and I started scrolling through my phone, it just kind of just mindless. And this, I, I heard this like little voice go, what are you doing? I'm like, what? oh, <laughs> like I'm supposed to be like quiet, not have, being bothered right now. And so, you know, when we think about solitude, there's so much stuff and so much noise going on around us that he really wants just to get you alone and get you quiet. And so I, as the time has gone on, I'm, I'm much better at it. I find spaces where things aren't bothering me. Jack says his backyard, my backyard, or my front porch if I get up early enough works real well too. But the idea of just spending time and just being quiet before him and letting him uh, speak to your heart. It's been it's been a neat thing. I've um, it's it's amazing that we all come from different background kind of deal, but we all have the same problems, same thoughts, ideas, um, things, distractions, whatnot. I um, it's pretty easy once you get up to get your mind going. So I've had to get up just a little bit earlier, go in the backyard like Jack. A nice quiet spot away from everybody my Bible spend time just uh, being thankful uh, 
and because we're uh, we're so blessed. I mean, you hear people on the radios talk about foreign countries and stuff and persecutions and stuff, and and we're not persecuted really if you compare us to other people in the world and stuff. And so we're just very blessed. So I try and always be thankful for that. Um, spending more time in the Word, I was never real good at just reading. Um, you might, my mind would just take off, um, and I'd be lost in what I was reading. Five minutes later, I didn't know what I read, kind of a thing. So you spend time, so I dug out the Word, um, read it, thought about it, and then sometimes I've had to read it out loud. Um, it helps me to stay with it longer, to stay in, you know, to, with me, and I can remember more what I read and stuff. But just being thankful, that quiet time, that alone time, starting your day, um, just, if I don't get that time in, then my day just doesn't seem like it's right. It didn't start right. So, um, and that doesn't mean that's the only time of the day that you read the Word or spend time with the Lord. It's just, that's the quietest time, for me anyway, it's in the morning before um, anything gets going. So it's like, and it's easy to get distracted. I don't get squirrels, Jack, but we get crows. So anyway. Uh, good morning. I'm Steve. Uh, I just wanted to talk to you about the spiritual discipline of fasting. I'm hardly the expert to talk about that because um, I've only done it really once, but uh, I got started on fasting uh, as a spiritual discipline as a result of our uh, retreat in the spring that has been mentioned here before. I've read about fasting in the Bible, of course, for years and years, and uh, everybody has fasted in the Bible from Jesus on back, And uh, but it never occurred to me that fasting was a spiritual discipline. And reading about it, I found out that when you fast, you should have a spiritual goal in mind in uh, in the fasting. And so when I decided um, after our spring retreat that I would do a fast, uh, I considered, well, I'm 80 plus years old. Should I talk to my doctor before I fast or not? <laughs> and I decided, well, I'm pretty healthy, so I, I guess I can stand it. And uh, But I didn't come up with a spiritual discipline necessarily to point my fasting toward, uh, so I thought, well, God will show one to me. So I woke up in the morning and decided this is the day I'm going to do it. I think it was a Thursday. No, it was a Friday morning. And I would fast all that day until the following morning and, and have breakfast on Saturday morning. Um, so I started that, and um, I decided that I would avoid food and everything except water. I took water, and it it worked out this way. Uh, it wasn't long before I st when I started reading the Bible, I realized that I had um, was had missed about. Uh, several days of my uh, reading through the Bible in one year, and that became the 
point of my fast, I was able to catch up everything that I had missed from those uh, times before and, and uh, caught up with that. And I can't say that I got into any other insights, but I did get that done and I felt tremendous relief because of that. So um, I would, I found out that there was nothing problematic for me at least in fasting, avoiding food as long as I take water. I didn't need coffee or anything else like that. So I would recommend it to uh, all of you that you try it um, and try fasting with the spiritual goal in mind. Thank you. I had uh, fasted in the past, as we're talking about fasting as one of the spiritual disciplines, and uh, this summer had a, a few different occasions where I also fasted during that. One particular occasion, I had set aside the day, and I was not going to, f uh, to eat. Just as Steve was talking, I would, I would drink water. That was the type of fast that I had uh, intended. And different people do different things, meal plans, three square meals a day, or you snack all day, or, or whatever, different things for different people. I probably function best in my body if I was to eat a large breakfast, and then I'm working through the day, not really do anything, and then eat another large meal at the end of the day, but nothing in between. So the day that I'm going to fast, I have set aside, I wake up early, I spend some time in prayer. I don't have that said large breakfast that we're talking about. Uh, I go to work and I had a couple of stray cows that had swam the river and were on the neighbor's place and I was going to go retrieve them. Should be fairly simple procedure. Load up some panels, the trailer, go get it all set up, cut these two cows out, or a steer and a heifer out of the actual cows, the neighbor's cows, and I'm going to load them in the trailer. It uh, does not go as planned. This simple procedure blows up first. I didn't say this first service, but one of them does load in the trailer where I had set this up out in the open. But she proceeds to come out of the trailer as I'm closing the door and been hauling a lot of cattle in this trailer. And when cattle are in a trailer and they get out, they leave things behind in there. Well, as she comes out and I'm trying to slam the door, all of a sudden I'm covered in all of the stuff they had left behind. And uh, off they go, up the hill, over two valleys, through the brush, probably five hours later, after crawling on my hands and knees through the brush and pursuing them, I come out at the back of another neighbor's ranch and then walk another hour to get to my sister's place to get a car to drive back around. I still don't have these cows. I, they're on the neighbor's place and I can get them later. They're in with their herd. I traded one neighbor for the next, really accomplished a lot. But all along that way, I'm thinking, this is the day I chose to not eat something. And I'm lightheaded, you know, that sort of thing. And it, and it kind of came back to, uh, there's, a, there's a passage in Matthew when Jesus is talking about fasting. And it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces and their fast, so that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In this, 
what I had said earlier about the uh, Bible study and being this attitude of the heart, Jesus was really speaking to me about that with fasting. Here I am, lightheaded, feeling like, okay, I, sh I should have chosen another day to fast, or I should have chosen something different to do today, like take a nap. Um, <laughs> would have been a lot easier. But, uh, but him talking about, no, you know what, just like I, it says there in Matthew, the idea behind that scripture isn't that, okay, no one can ever know that you're fasting. If you're fasting, if they do, you've done something wrong. No, what Jesus is trying to say there is this attitude, I want it to be a, in your heart, not something for show with things. It's getting at that, the root of it. And that's what I experienced with it also, was getting at the root of, so I'm lightheaded, I'm, this is not a good day, I get out, I finally get back, it's like I need to eat something here. And Jesus speaking, the success is in the attitude of my heart and my focus on him, not the how many calories I intake or don't take. And he wants me, you know, I'm not trying to belittle the, the act of actual fasting, the act of not eating, but the act of not eating without there being something in your heart and in communication with Jesus is, is worthless. It's just not eating. You might lose some weight if that's your goal, but it, that, that's what it's, you can't separate the two. They need to go together, and that's what I really experienced from that in what you would say is maybe a failure in fasting because, like, I'm weak. I got to eat something to carry on. There was a success in uh, Jesus, really a teachable moment for me from God's word. Don't fight over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole, as we're talking about all these different disciplines, it's, Brian's talking about the heart. This, every discipline is, that's what it is. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about reading the Bible, but we read the Bible just to read the Bible. It's not transforming you. It's no good. You know, talk about meditation. If meditation's not changing you, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's worthless. Um, reading scripture, praying, all these disciplines that we're talking about is, it's for us to be transformed. And, and I, Isaiah that Aaron was reading, he talked about this oak, that they would be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And then in verse 4 it says, they shall build up their ancient ruins, they shall rise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Songs that we sung about this morning, what we're talking about up here is, you know, the, the, when we are transformed by Jesus Christ, when Jesus, he went to the cross, he died for our sins, and that, uh, that, that pursuing of that relationship changes all things. It makes old things new. It makes things that are ruined better. It changes everything. When we're changed as human beings, we begin to, everything changes. Your relationships change. Your, as if you're a parent, your parenting changes. You change cities, you change churches, you change everything when you're transformed. And this idea of being transformed comes from, we, we have to pursue him. It's James says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And I think sometimes when we get in this relationship with Jesus, it's like, okay, I love you now, now I go to heaven. And he's like, well, I want something deeper. I want your heart. I want all of you. And so this idea that we're looking at is being rooted is that we're deeply in relationship with Jesus Christ, that we love him with everything, that we pursue him with everything, that we may, that it might transform. Transform who we are, transform our hearts.
It's been encouraging week in and week out to talk with these guys uh, through the summer about their spiritual disciplines and have guys, like Steve said, I'm 83, I've never fasted, but I read it in scripture and therefore I'm going to align my life to it is, uh, is challenging to me. And yet you've heard that we've struggled, that we haven't had all successes. And so we want to encourage you, uh, moving into the fall as we wrap up this series of being rooted, to continue to root yourself, continue to read scripture, and to uh, accept new challenges, and, and uh, to continue to focus on these spiritual disciplines, because healthy individuals will lead to a healthy church. And that's what we're going to be looking at in the fall as a series called Dream Small. And uh, we're not necessarily setting out to change the world by doing something ginormous uh, as a church. We just want a bunch of people being faithful in the little things to Christ, being faithful to one another. And we'll be studying these one another's of Scripture to, to care for one another, to bear one another's burdens, to pray for one another. And dream small that we can accomplish these small things. And as we do, God will be changing the world around us, healthy individuals leading to a healthy Healthy church that will lead to a healthy community and bringing health back to devastated lands uh, that Isaiah 61.4 talks about. And so we ask that you would uh, just engage with us this fall and uh, continue to share your stories in your community groups. And uh, on Realm, if you're not on Realm, you can uh, get more information about that online, just a way to connect to one another. And, uh, and we've got plenty more stories to come. We're going to transition to our time of communion now. The uh, musicians can come forward. Uh, I want to read out of 1 Corinthians uh, 11, starts in verse 23. And For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And, we, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup. <clears throat> this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And that's what we're about to do, is to proclaim his death. And remember what he did. That these elements, the they're just physically a, a cracker and some juice, but they are they represent so much more. It represents his body that was broken for me, was broken for you. His blood that was shed for me, that was shed for you. And uh, that passage I just read. If you continue on in the verses to follow. It also goes into talking about uh, individuals who observe the Lord's Supper in an improper manner. And I, let's, let's not do that. Let's stop. Let's pause. This spiritual discipline, this sacrament that we're about to engage in is real. And uh, it's, a, it's a serious matter what Christ did for us. Let's not lose sight of that. So they're going to come forward and they're going to, after I pray, they're going to serve these uh, elements. You can take the cup. You can take the cracker. You can hold it. I would encourage you to hold it and examine your heart. Speak to God. Remember the cross. Remember what these elements represent, that his body was broke for you and his blood was shed. 
and then partake of them uh, as we're, when you're ready, remembering what they represent and remembering him and proclaiming his death until he returns. Let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for your cross. We thank you for uh, your body and blood and what those things accomplished, Lord, that you made a way for us to be right, to be forgiven, to be restored and to correct relationship with you and to have a hope and a future, God. Um, I pray you would just bless this time and we remember uh, what this represents and what you did for us, Jesus. Amen.